What's in a name? Well, I guess Entercom is going to find out and tell us later this week. Rush is no longer here, but he still is here. First, it was the Super Bowl, and now March Madness has got problems with their audience. Where's the sports audience going on TV? Intercom has been shaken down by the mafia of the music rights business, the GMR people. Want to talk about that. And more hot hits. For the week of March 29th, this is Media Insultant. Welcome to Media Insultant. Hi, I'm Jackson Weaver, and my co-host is Keith Samuels. Keith, say something intelligent. <laughs> well, that's okay, going to be pretty hard. <laughs> but hey, we're, filled, we're 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 locked and loaded with a lot of uh, a lot of great insults this week. I don't know about insight. We might have some of that too. Um, so let's let's just dive into a busy agenda and a busy week in media. There is a lot going on. What is in a name? What's what's going on with Entercom? Well, apparently there's a manager's meeting today. I don't know if it's virtual or in person, um, but Intercom is, uh, is gathering its managers for a couple of reasons, we understand. One is, is that they, um, they think that we think that they're announcing a new name for the company. You know, it could be going from Intercom to, I don't know, CBS. No, that's too <laughs> old school and they're not allowed to use that name. But, it, you know, it could be, it's got to be, it's going to be a hip new name that's going to speak to its breadth and, and, and expansion in all forms of audio, I'm sure. So look for audio.com. I don't know, something, you know, field con. I don't know. It'll be, it should be kind of interesting. Yeah, I was just going to say they use radio.com for, of course, all their podcasting and, and streaming sources. So maybe they'll do what iHeart did. Maybe they'll become radio.com. Is that possible? That's that's possible, but I don't think anybody wants to have radio in their name anymore. So you know, it, it'll be uh, it'll be maybe it's easy peasy wheezy. I don't know. It's uh, who, who knows. But the other reason they're meeting, and I find this one even more fascinating, is that the rumors are is that there's going to be some further consolidation of market management. So there might be a few of these market managers who aren't going to be around any further because their markets are going to be absorbed up into um, a larger market uh, management structure. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what interesting things come out of the intercom managers meeting today. Hopefully that's not one of those meetings where they uh, call off a list of names and ask those people to leave and everybody else gets to stay and continue to work for the company and everybody else has handed their walking papers as they leave the room. Well, you know, that's, that's an old Mel Carmazon trick, you know, uh, you know, those guys that aren't at budget stand up. You know, and stand up. Okay, this is what's keeping you guys from performing. These guys over here. It's like, oh, shit. You know, yeah, friendly management. Yeah, there you go. Well, I'm hoping they'll be a little more sensitive than that. Uh, I'm, I'm, sure that I'm sure that Susan Larkin and, and David will be a little slightly more sensitive. But, you know, we have to see because their, their, their revenues are not getting coming back like, like they'd hoped. And right. um, there's a lot of expense issues to wrestle with. And that means people. Well, let's uh, take a look at that next week when we get a little little more information. So uh, I find this kind of interesting. It's a little thing. There's a radio station in Jacksonville, WBOB, and they are now taking sort of a greatest hits format from Rush, greatest hits from Rush that's being fed by Premier. And this is a big signal. It's 50,000 water. It appears to be unrated, but you brought up a great point. They probably aren't a subscriber. In itself, it's no big deal. But is this an indicator of things to come? Is this as creative as they're going to be able to get 
at Premier is doing the long tail of Rush Limbaugh? Well, that's the plan for now. You know, Craig Kitchen was in the trade press last week uh, or being interviewed uh, about what they're doing post-Rush. And it's this kind of mourning period, this kind of segue and weaning people off of Rush by using some of his greatest hits as they relate to current events these days. But a lot of stations are going, uh, you know, uh, we, we loved Rush and God bless Rush, but, you know, we've got to move on. And clearly, iHeart in Jacksonville has done that because he was on WOKV and they have redone their lineup on that monster uh, FM talk station. And, and Premier now has slid Rush and the greatest hits format over to WBOB. Uh, it's an interesting move. And you're going to see, I think, more and more of this as stations try to try to find out where to go next, you know, and who that next host is. And Premier's trying to figure out who the next person they're going to have do noon to three Eastern is going to be. And, 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 and they're kind of auditioning these guest hosts to see, you know, who the stations like and who they like. But, you know, I think, I think they're going to keep doing this for the next few months just to kind of see where it settles down. But I, you know, who's going to be left with an opening for a new personality in place of rush when all of that's said and done, I don't know. Well, the interesting thing is, is, uh, is it's, it's really not a growth strategy. It's, it's a holding strategy is really what it is. I think that's pretty clear. So Colonel McCormick, we've all heard the famous phrase about, he knows that he's wasting half of his ad budget when he was the owner of international harvester. We all know that phrase. I know I'm wasting half my ad budget. I just don't know which half. Well, that was true. But today, is it true? I mean, data is kind of king and advertisers can track their advertising through all kinds of digital media, digital data. We know how they've invasive they've been. And we know that as amazing as it sounds, 90% of online advertising now is controlled by the big three, by Facebook, by Amazon and Google. And that constitutes more than half of all advertising. And that's a remarkable figure, something that we've never seen before. So my question to you is, is branding important anymore? Does, does anybody care about creating a, a brand image? Is it all about the data? Well, yes, it is, sadly. And if you, you, know, if you follow Bob Hoffman, the ad contrarian like I do, I mean, he's, he's in the pantheon of, of marketing um, guys and, and, and obviously a, a contrarian to this thought. And it really, really upsets him and upsets me as well as a third generation marketer. But, you know, yeah, we're all fixated on the data and the data delivery and attribution and all these other kinds of things, you know, forgetting about ad fraud and, and the, 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 you know, insidiousness of that whole business. But the fact of the matter is, you know, and, I, and you'll see a few brave CMOs say this, is that, you know, we need to be less fixated and, and you know, navel gazing on our dashboards all day long about how our how our, our ads are performing or our search is performing or whatever is performing, um, you know, and worry about business outcomes. What's the business outcome? Yeah, great. You got all this, you know, all these impressions or all these ad views, but what was the business outcome? Oh, yeah, you generated great content and got lots of views. And even we fixate on, you know, 58 views versus 15 views in a week or whatever it might be, <laughs> navel gazing at our at the dashboard of media insultant, when in fact we should be worried about, you know, who are we 
reaching? How are they accept, you know, what are they saying about it? What kind of outcomes are we getting from this? And I think that's where business needs to be is that you need to be worried about business outcomes and not your metrics. And so in today's uh, Tom Fishburne, you know, the marketoonist, uh, who's just brilliant, you know, had a great cartoon about this very subject and about all the different forms of, of, of media metrics and, and how they look on their dashboard. And none of it really makes sense. And none of it really matters because none of it relates to a business outcome. We just need to come up with a pithy phrase that's as good as Colonel McCormick's was. And, you know, we'll be famous for the next hundred years. So TV sports, speaking of taking a hit, TV sports has taken a big hit with uh, March Madness. So, you know, first it was the Rose or the Rose Bowl, the Super Bowl that had this uh, big decline in audience year over year. And the first five days of March Madness, we're seeing an 18% drop in viewership. What's going on? Is it that nobody cares? Is it that uh, they didn't have a 2020 season? What's going on in your opinion? You're the sports guy. I'm not. Well, there are some who say uh, that, uh, that the, you know, uh, uh, an NCAA basketball tournament without the likes of Kentucky, Louisville, Duke, uh, you know, the big legendary programs, you know, has caused for, uh, you know, people not wanting to watch anymore because either you hate Duke or you love Duke, you hate Kentucky, you love Kentucky, but you're watching their games. Um, and we've seen, and, and they're not in the tournament this year. So, you know, there's a huge segment that probably just doesn't care, you know, whether, uh, you know, Gonzaga wins or, uh, or Oregon state. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a weird tournament year for that. And, and with the headwinds that are against live sports these days, which are, you know, the, uh, uh, uh streaming service is going crazy. So, you know, what's on, what's on, you know, all the different streaming services I've got to watch that siphoned audience away. And we still can't go to those ma- those big sports bars, you know. We're not down at Wild Wings, you know, and 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 watching the game, or, or you know, down at the you know our favorite watering hole with a uh, 150 other buddies, you know, doing beer and wings and, and and creating this excitement around it. And I think a lot of that COVID lockdown, no bars, no sports bars, you know, um, you can barely go to Vegas. I think they're they're. There's a little bit more open, but, you know, this last weekend is like one of the biggest weekends of the year in Las Vegas because everybody goes up and watches the games and bets on the games and that's evaporated. So I think there's, there's just, I think the COVID lockdown and streaming have really affected sports. When the lockdowns are over, I think we're going to see a little bit more of a rebound. You, you know, we might see s- smaller drops. We probably sh- will see a, a, you know, a little slight decrease in viewing, but I, I don't think it's going to be 18% like uh, this last weekend has been. So So you think it could stabilize in, in, in the next couple of years? I do. I do. Yeah, we don't. We, we truly don't know. This post-pandemic period is completely undefined. I mean, you know, everybody's looking around trying to figure out how it compares to 2019, and it's not. It's just, it's a, it's a tough thing to do. So let's talk about the mafia thugs at GMR. I mean, this is... Uh, <laughs> It's a little unfair because, you know, but they negotiate global music rights as a company that claims rights, music rights to a library of music that they won't disclose what that library of music is. So what they do is they go to a radio station and say, pay our fees or we'll sue you. And now they're also going to be begin to do that. I hear in restaurants and bars and other places that uh, play music. So the question is that, They've been battling this for a couple of years, and they've been 
suing stations. They've been invoicing stations. And there's been some real pushback from RMLC, no question about that, which is a music rights group that is uh, run by a group of broadcasters. The thing is, is that now Intercom has settled with GMR. So iHeart's got a deal with GMR. Intercom's got a deal with GMR. Town Square had a deal with GMR, although we understand that has expired. So it really puts everybody else in a really tough position, doesn't it? If you're yeah. Hubbard, if you're just running five radio stations in Kentucky somewhere. Yeah. Or what if you're in uh, receivership like, uh, uh, or reorganization mode like Alpha? But, uh, you know, you take, you take a lot of other groups, you take a Cumulus, and, you know, that's, he's been probably knocking on that door. It just seems strange to me that, you know, that this highway robbery, show me the music, show me the songs that you have the rights to, and then I'll pay you. And if I play them, I'll pay you but show me the list. And he doesn't show the list. It's a mystery. So how do you get away with that? I guess threatening legal action. And I guess that the upside, the downside is, hey, we're going to take you to court. We're going to cost you uh, millions of dollars in, in lo- legal fees, or just, just pay me the deal. So it really is uh, extortion. Well, you know, it, it's death by a, little, by a lot of cuts. Yeah, yeah. There are probably the average, I'm going to f- figure the average fee is like uh, $250, $300 a month, something like that. Well, there are 15,000 radio stations. You do the math. A lot of money there. And for what? And how much of it really goes to the composers? I mean, you know, all of this is obfuscated. As I said, it's a shakedown and uh, the mafia would be very impressed. <laughs> Tony Soprano. Tony Soprano would would love to do a deal with global music rights. Okay, quickie, podcasting is having an impact on radio listenership. Duh. Shocking. Yeah, guess what? I mean, if if you're listening to anything and there's another way to listen to something else, it's taking time away from what you used to listen to. Well, everybody used to listen to radio. Now I can listen to podcasts. I can listen to satellite or I can just, or I can stream. And, you know, streaming helps a little bit. The other things are, are distractions and taking audience away. So I think the thought for broadcasters uh, is that we have this other place where people are going. We need to be there, too. We need to have content we own or control and can sell ads on over on that podcast bucket. And so we need to be wherever audiences are. The fact of the matter is the revenue is with terrestrial radio. And the audience is shifting to podcasting. And there's 2 million podcasts out there of which I think 60, what, what is it? Uh, 37% are active. That there's 63% of podcasts are inactive. Yeah, you know? right, right. And so yeah, they're, but they're going, so we got to be over there. It's the shiny new object. It's where everybody is. We got to go. Uh, and it's taking time away from their money pot over here on terrestrial radio. So they're killing the golden goose, and uh, and we're happy to be part of that. Well, AM and FM, we know, still continues to dominate in terms of in-car. But, and streaming is picking up. You know, total AM, FM listening, almost 8% of it now is, uh, is streaming to radio stations, which is good because the stations need to be there. But as you said, you know, 99 and 9 tenths percent of the podcasts aren't paying, and Intercom and Cumulus and iHeart are using that inventory as part of their inventory mix with terrestrial radio, probably smart for them, but boy, a lot of work for not much audience. 
Yeah. And, but also too, it's a big programmatic platform as well. So, um, you know, that's where that iHeart tech stack comes in, you know, uh, and all the ad tech stuff that these guys are getting into because, you know, you can't make money as a sales guy selling podcasting unless you're selling, uh, you know, Adam Carolla over at Podcast One or you're selling, you know, uh, Rogan over at Spotify or whatever. You know, those guys, you can sell that, but everything else, it's all programmatic and it's just, uh, right. you know, it's That's just right. an inefficient, it's a very efficient way to throw bucks out into podcasting and, and see what happens. Most of it is, is D, you know, is this direct response, you know, it's the CPA, this cost per action. So listen to a podcast and see how many call to action spots you get versus a very, you know, a typical branding spot. And it's probably going to be nine out of 10. Okay. Let's get into hot bits here, Keith. Hot um, hits. Yes, there you go. Hot, hot bits, hot hits. Um, Brian Barnes goes from Intercom Chicago to Hubbard West Palm. Why is that a hot bit? Well, you know, it, you know, it, it just it just always get curious when people move and change jobs, and you know, where were they, and and what happened, and why did they end up here? And you know, I don't know, I don't know Brian from Adam, but uh, it is an interesting story because Hubbard hires him as a promotion manager. He gets the PR release, you know, in the in the trades. But he was let go by Hubbard uh, up in uh, up in Chicago. Let's see, uh, no, he no, was Intercom. let go by Intercom Chicago. So a year ago, so we're starting to see some of these COVID layoffs get, you know, get recycled somewhere else. But, you know, he, he hits a home run. He goes from, he goes from uh, Chicago to West Palm. He gets to work for Elizabeth Hama. I mean, he's, you know, he's in hog heaven. What a great move for, for this guy. And, you know, and I hope he had a good gap year because it's been a year and now it's, now it's all, all is well. So uh, Bob Hoffman, who you mentioned often, the ad contrarian hit it again. His column this week was fabulous. He said, consumers are not looking for relationships or community from their brands. And I thought that was so dead on. I, I'm, I'm so tired of walking into my laundromat and having a sign up there that says, Be, make friends with us on Facebook. Why would I want What is that about? Yeah. So well, my question is, is social media even a viable brand for or a viable platform for branding? It hasn't proven to be. And, and Bob continues to, uh, to, to you know, beat the drum on this. I think he does this wonderful thought exercise, okay, which says, go to your kitchen, open up your pantry, and look at all the products in your pantry. He says, go to your garage and look at all the stuff in your garage. You know, go to your closet. You know, he, he says, look, think of all the brands that are in your household. And have you interacted with any of those brands? Have you shared content with any of those brands? Have you been in a conversation with any of those brands? The answer is no. And he says, and by the way, this whole brand loyalty thing, uh, and he quotes Brian Sharp in Australia on this topic very, you know, very often, and basically saying, look, the research shows that your consumers, your best customers really don't give a shit about your brand. In other words, if Nike went out of business tomorrow, the Nike wearers would gladly go put on a pair of Adidas next week. It wouldn't be a problem. It wouldn't be the end of their life. If Pepsi went out of business, they'd just go buy Coke. And now we'll think about it to give it a second thought. So, you know, what, what the research is proving is what Bob has been saying is this, is that brand loyalty is, is very tenuous and more about ease of purchase, more about convenience, availability, and not so much about brand love. So Leon Black is out at global, or Apollo Global Management. Uh, and this is only significant to us because Apollo controls the uh, Cox radio and TV stations. 
apparently the board's kind of sensitive. They figure his association with Jeff Epstein, along with $158 million in fees he paid Epstein, is unacceptable to continue to be the CEO of a $415 billion capital investment firm. I mean, really? Yeah, yep. Apparently, that was a lot of uh, a lot of financial advice from from Epstein and all of all of uh, of Epstein's underage female friends on his island out in the Caribbean, and that association uh, put an end to uh, Mr. Black. Sad ending uh, for a guy who actually did a damn good job of putting together that uh, that group. HotMikeClothingCompany.com. This is just for the radio geeks. And these are basically t-shirts and, and tchotchkes that you can have slogans printed on. Uh, I had a couple of favorites. Do you have one? Well, yeah, yeah, I do. I think, I think the, uh, the idea that, that these um, folks that have been in and around media and radio uh, came up with this clothing line with all of these great classic lines that those of us that have been in radio all our life have heard a million times. And my favorite is, the, you know, the sweatshirt that says, don't ask me for free tickets. That was, that was my favorite. <laughs> what was yours? I think mine was, don't ask me to talk like I'm on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was great. And, you know, we talked earlier for just a minute about streaming and its uh, imposition in the, the delicate balance of rights fees for sports. And along comes Judge Judy, who was 25 years with CBS as certainly the pillar of jurisprudence. And she now has left CBS after 25 years and is going to Amazon as Judy Justice. So once again, streaming services are taking over the positions that traditional film and network companies have had for so long. I just, you know, networks are going to be, are going to be scrambling for content here pretty quickly. Well, yeah. And they're scrambling for content for their own streaming services too, but getting outbid by Amazon seems to be the, um, you know, raison du jour these days. I mean, it's like, uh, I'll just go to Amazon and do a deal. So maybe we need to reach out to Amazon and, uh, and see if we can uh, strike our deal. Well, let's, uh, let's spend some time to working on that this week. <laughs> if, if that's the case, we're going to be doing it from a totally different place than we are right now. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know how we've done this, but we've managed to uh, piss away another half an hour. And so uh, let's do it again next week. It'll be interesting to follow up on what happens with Intercom and their meetings today. And Keith, uh, let's just go have a good week. Oh, I, I can't wait to see what happens this week. It's always an exciting time in media and look forward to insulting more folks next week. Talk to you soon, buddy.